On CBS, you've heard Jack Benny, Amos and Andy, Bergen and McCarthy. Still waiting with a variety of entertainment are Rocky Jordan, Horace Height, our Miss Brooks, The Whistler, and Red Skelton. Now, Del Monte Foods brings you a world of adventure with... Rocky Jordan. Well, Chris, we ought to be back in Cairo in another hour. Hey, what's that plane up to, Rock? He's in trouble. Motors are acting up. We better do something in a hurry. He's coming down way too fast for my money. He's got to try for a landing. Out here in the desert? It's the only choice he's got. Man, oh man, look at it come down. Hold your fingers crossed, Rocky. Del Monte, the brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Yes, Del Monte, the best-liked brand of canned fruits and vegetables in the whole wide world. Takes you now to the Cafe Tambourine in Cairo, gateway to the ancient East, where modern adventure and intrigue unfold against a backdrop of antiquity. Tonight's Rocky Jordan story, Horde of the Memluks. Chris, my bartender, and I had spent the day at a friend's date plantation. We were driving back toward the Nile that evening along a desert road when we saw a big plane in trouble overhead, its motors sputtering. It circled crazily, came down fast, and barely made it over the hill ahead. We didn't see it again until our car came up over the rise, and there it was, squatting squarely on the road. Well, what do you know, Rocky? Landed on the road without a scratch. The pilot found a lucky spot, Chris. Lucky ain't the word for it. I don't see anybody around. Still inside, maybe. Come on, we'll see. Yeah. It says Star Transport on the side. Ah, it's a Cairo outfit. Hello there. Everything all right? Hello. That's funny. Well, the cargo door is open and the ladder's hanging down. Let's look inside. Hey, what kind of cargo is this? Nothing but palm fronds. Anybody here? Hello. Sure don't make sense to hey, me. Chris. Huh? Holy Moses, Rocky. No wonder they didn't answer. Shot right through the head. Pilot and co-pilot both. But how? If they landed the plane and... The... What do you make of it? I don't know, Chris, but it's not for us. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Hold on, Rocky. Huh? Look up there. I saw it then, a tall, wild figure standing at the top of a sand dune not far off, silhouetted against the pale sky, all in black, from the burnous to his long black robes flapping in the breeze. Chris, get to the car! Step on it! Jets of sand kicked up everywhere as we swung out around the plane, but the shots didn't find us, and we made our escape. I kept the throttle down hard till we reached the little Nile village of Sharona. We notified the authorities and then went back with them to show the way. When we reached the place, the plane was still there. So were the two lifeless pilots. But now the strange cargo of palm fronds was gone. The plane was empty. Chris and I got back to Cairo then. He was kind of shaken by it all, so I told him to take the next day off and rest up. 
I was at the tambourine the next afternoon, still wondering what it was all about when I had company. Captain Sam Sabaya, Cairo Police. Well, Jordan, you quite outdid yourself this time. <laughs> Sam, I didn't have try. You were a plane loaded with palm fronds, a fantastic figure in black who fires at you with a modern machine gun. All right, all right, you can relax. It's all out of your territory. Let us hope that it remains so. However, Mr. Madine of the Star Transport Company is somewhat puzzled. So am I. Did he tell you what the flight was about, Sam? Only that the plane had been commissioned by one Amin Bay of this city to fly a cargo out of Dongola. Dongola? Far to the south in Lower Nubia, the village of the remaining Memluks. Amin Bay was flying palm fronds all that way? That is not what puzzles Mr. Madine, uh, Jordan. What then? It is your statement to the Sharona authorities that the plane made a forced landing because of engine trouble. Well, that's right. Why? You will be interested to know that the company's mechanic found the plane and its engines in perfect condition. There was absolutely nothing wrong. Well, ask Chris, Sam. He saw it all, oh, too. Calm yourself, Jordan. Emin Bay has yet to learn of the disappearance of his cargo. It is he who will have questions which you might help answer. Here we go, Jordan. We stepped into Sam's limousine out front and rolled down to a street lined with all white houses near the riverfront. Pretty soon, Sam was knocking at one of the doors. It was opened by a big man who wasn't Egyptian, blonde face and hair combed straight back. Yes? What do you want? Captain Sabai of the police. I would have audience with Emin Bay. I'm Carl Klebel, his secretary. Please take your business. I would speak with Emin Bay. This way, please. It struck me that Carl Klebel looked like more than a secretary. He led us down a hallway into a room at the far end. A wall of the room held a big painting. Some sort of battle scene with a man on a white charger leaping a high wall. Beneath the picture sat a young woman with dark round eyes and olive skin that reminded me of velvet. Well, that much I liked. Then a pudgy man wearing a red fez came hurrying up. Has he come at last, Carl? Oh, I'm sorry. Captain Sabaya of the police, Amin Bay. Oh, you honor my house, Captain. This is Mr. Jordan, Amin Bay. Hello, Amin Bay. Again, I am honored. Uh, my guest, Trana Fintar. My pleasure. How are you, Miss Fintar? Most well, thank you. Now, if you will be seated, the purpose of your visit, Captain Sabaya. MNB, you commissioned a plane of the Star Transport Company, I believe, to fly a cargo in from Dongola? Why, yes, that is right. Is, is there something wrong? I fear there is. The plane made a forced landing in the desert last evening. What happened after that is not entirely clear. Please, Captain... What are you trying to say? Wait, Rana. Let him continue. I must tell you that the entire cargo of the plane has disappeared. Disappeared? But that is impossible. I mean, they, after all our effort... Captain, please tell us everything that you can. Uh, Mr. Jordan is here for that purpose. Then quickly, Mr. Jordan. Well, a friend and I saw the plane go down in the desert yesterday evening. When we got to it, we found the crew shot to death. No. The plane was loaded with something when we found it. But... Did the captain not say... No, I'm getting to that. Somebody in black robes showed up over a hill and cut loose with a machine gun. We got away and reported it to the authorities. But when we all got back to the plane, it was empty. I cannot believe it. Hemin Bay, what can we do? Well, does a plane load of palm fronds mean so much? It is best that I explain. The palm fronds were but a covering. Underneath was ivory. The very finest ivory, worth many thousands. We must get it back. Let us trust that it is possible. You say they were all dead, Mr. Jordan. The pilot and his partner, both shot at close range. But wait. What of the third? There was another. We only found two. Oh, 
Then it is possible that Eulai is still alive. Himenbe, what could have happened to him? Uh, uh, Trana, we neglect hospitality. Uh, please go and tell the servants to prepare food and coffee. But I must know. Please, we will then talk about this. Very well. I will return in a moment. It was best that Trana leave us for a moment, Captain. And why, Amenbe? You see, the man, Yulaya, who was on the plane and has now disappeared, is her uncle, a leader of the Memluk people in Dongola. He was flying with the delivery of ivory. Uh, Mr. Jordan? Yes? About this man in black robes who fired at you, was he quite tall and with a heavy dark beard? Well, he looked that way. His back was to the sky. It was getting kind of dark. I... But he could have had a beard. Yes, he could have. If so, then it was Yulia himself. I mean, you suggest then that Yulia forced the pilot to land the plane and then kill them both? How else could it have happened? There is no doubt that someone had arranged for Confederates to be waiting nearby to take the ivory away. In any event, this Uliah must be found, and most quickly. Yes, Captain. If what we fear is true, he has not only murdered, he has betrayed me and his people. Well, there was plenty more to be cleared up, but that was Sam's job. I wasn't in any mood for burning my tongue with Egyptian-style coffee, so I excused myself. I went back to the tambourine and stayed there. I locked up around midnight and went up to my room, figuring to catch up on some sleep. Try to get the tall man in black, the girl with the velvet skin, and the disappearing ivory cargo off my mind. And I did a pretty good job of it. But all at once, I was wide awake. The light was on, but I didn't see it for the black burnoose and robe and a heavy black beard held close to my face. Something didn't go with it, but I didn't have time to figure what. His powerful fingers closed to my throat. They held as I fought back and we rolled to the floor. His head caught the bedpost and his fingers loosened just enough. I twisted away, but as I tried to come up, his fist caught me behind the ear and the clouds rolled in like a Kansas tornado. When I opened my eyes again, he was gone. Through the open window to the roof. The way he'd come in. Del Monte Foods is presenting tonight's adventure with... Rocky Jordan. Just let the weather turn fair and warmer, and right away your family gets hungry for lots of refreshing fruit flavor. So now's the time of all times to serve luscious, tropical-tasting desserts and salads made with Del Monte crushed pineapple. And you don't have to go to any extra trouble either, because with Del Monte crushed pineapple, even the easiest recipes taste just wonderful. Yes, you'll praise the downright eating pleasure you get from Del Monte pineapple. It's magnificent, full, ripe flavor. It's sunny, golden color. Its own special tart sweet way of brightening up a meal. And best of all, you know you'll find all those good things in every style of Del Monte pineapple. Whether it's sliced, chunks, tidbits, juice, or that tempting Del Monte crushed pineapple. That's the style I find so handy for pies and cakes. And it makes marvelous puddings, ice cream, and gelatin salads, too. Actually, you'll discover new enjoyment in all your favorite pineapple dishes with Del Monte pineapple. Just buy Del Monte crushed pineapple this week and see... Now we take you back to Cairo and tonight's Rocky Jordan story, Horde of the Memluks. 
thing wasn't for me right to begin with. I'd intended to leave things that way. But now things were different. Right away, I called headquarters and told them to get Sam Sapaya out of bed and down there. I wanted to talk to him. Sam made it before I did. Jordan, is there no time for sleep in your life? What brings you here this time? A black burnous, a black robe, and a black beard. And you'll find his thumbprints in my throat. You were telling me that such a man attacked you? Not a half hour ago, in my room over the tambourine. Could you identify him as the same one who fired at you on the desert? No, I didn't see the face before. I wouldn't know. Nonetheless, he is surely the man Emin Bay described as Uliah, the leader of the Memlooks in Dongula. Maybe. But there was something wrong with the face. Well, how so? Uh, wish I could tell you. The important thing is that Uliah is now in Cairo, surely to dispose of the stolen ivory and to get rid of you, Jordan, for what you might have seen at his plane. Well, he had his chance both times. Why didn't he finish me? Mm, perhaps you are a better fighter than he anticipated. Sam, what's this all about? The Memlooks, the big shipment of ivory to a man like Emin Bay. Who is he? The shipment was perfectly legal, Jordan. We need only be concerned with Uliah now. Uh, his niece, Trano, I'll have to be told. Oh, leave that to me. I shall phone her at the Karnak Hotel. Okay, Sam, I'll let you tell her. I drove back through the dark streets toward the tambourine, trying to figure what was wrong. The man in the black beard could answer it, but how to find him before he found me again was something else. Well, I knew I wouldn't be able to sleep till I knew a lot more, so before I reached the tambourine, I turned the car around. In another ten minutes, I was at the Karnak Hotel where Sam had said Trana lived. The light under her door said she was up. One knock got an answer. Mr. Jordan. Oh, Mr. Jordan, please come in. Were you, uh, were you expecting me, Trana? No, but I'm glad that you have come. I must talk to you. Uh, Sabaya called you then. He told you. Yes, but I tell you that it is not possible that my uncle attacked you. You lie as a man of respect and trust among my people. Well, people can change, Trana. no. He would never do such a thing. Tell me something. Why are you here in Cairo? To study at the university. I have special permission, for I am not a citizen. My people cannot be. Let's hear about your people. Why would they ship valuable ivory to Emmon Bay? He's not a buyer. Uh, I must not tell you as yet. It, it would not be wise. Even when your uncle's accused of theft? Betrayal? Even murder? So, Mr. Jordan, it seems that you too believe this thing. Uh, I'm beginning to, Trana. Then can you explain why Uliah was not accused when it happened before? Before? Twice before, attempts were made to send ivory to Cairo, the only treasure of my people, once by caravan and another by boat. Both times the ivory disappeared before it reached the city. Him and Bay didn't tell me. And why should he tell you, Mr. Jordan? He can answer that. I think he will now. <laughs> Jordan, what do you want? See your boss, Clebel, in a hurry. He is asleep. He will not be disturbed. Now get out. Carl? Carl, who is it? Mr. Jordan again, Amin Bay. Permit him to enter, Carl. You may go. Very well. I can well understand why you have come here at this hour, Mr. Jordan. Can you? It is about Uliah's attack on you, of course. Sabaya called me about it. I deeply regret that you have been made to suffer in this affair. Oh, it's a lot more. The other shipments of ivory that were hijacked, you've been holding out. 
the robberies were properly reported, Mr. Jordan. Uh, not in Cairo, naturally. Well, you could have told Sam. Why all the cover-up? Mr. Jordan, do you know of the Memlooks? Uh, supposing you tell me. Please be seated and I will tell you. Hmm? Mr. Jordan, many centuries ago, the Mongol Genghis Khan conquered Turkey and took countless thousands as slaves. Twelve thousand of these he sold to the Sultan of Egypt to serve in his army. Oh, it was a long time ago. Bring it up to date, Emin Bey. Uh, please hear me, sir. The Turkish slaves of the Sultan proved themselves a strong people. Soon they revolted and took over the government to become its masters. They are the Memluks. Oh, go on. For hundreds of years until the last century, the Memluks were a power in Egypt until the treachery of the Pasha Muhammad Ali, who feared them. He summoned all the Memluk base to Cairo, ostensibly for consultation and festivity. Mm. But once they were inside the citadel, Muhammad Ali had them slaughtered. Only one escaped by leaping his charger over the parapet to freedom. Oh, just like the picture there on the wall. Yes, a familiar painting. But then came a massacre of the Memluk people throughout all Egypt. Only a small handful escaped to lower Nubia and established the village of Dongola. They and their descendants have lived there in almost a primitive state as outcasts, but always looking to their return in dignity to Egypt. That is my purpose, Mr. Jordan. And exactly why you? Well, perhaps it is because of the name of the man who escaped over the battlements of the citadel. One Emin Bey. Oh, look, don't try to tell me. No, 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 do not misunderstand. Some say that I am a descendant of this man. It does not matter. I only desire to do what I can for them. Where does the ivory come in? It is their treasure, gathered and hidden through the years for this day, to finance representations before the Egyptian government. I see. Does that need a cover-up? Well, it is a most delicate matter, involving a special dispensation for the return of their citizenship and possible return of their lands. We do not yet know what the attitude of the government will be, and prefer to keep this matter quiet until the proper moment. I is there more that I can tell you? Oh, that's enough, Emin Bay. But Trana says her uncle couldn't have done all this. Oh, most regrettable. But in spite of what she thinks, it could have been no one but you liar. So now I knew. All that seemed left now was to find your liar and get it over with. But something didn't match up like a blue tie on a green shirt. When morning came, I did some scouting on my own at the university, the Ivory Mart, and a couple of the consulates. I learned some things. But the black beard didn't show again, and I was beginning to wonder if he would. When I finally got back to the tambourine, Chris told me Sam wanted me down at headquarters. Just as I pulled up at headquarters, the girl, Trana, was just getting there, too. We went in together and found Sam pacing the floor, waiting. Right away, he took us down some familiar steps and into the morgue below. A little way back, he drew down a sheet to reveal a man with a heavy black beard. You liar. This is your uncle then, Miss Trana? Yes. Yes, it is he. He was found shot in the desert and brought to Cairo for identification. Then there is no more hope. Now, Jordan, is this the man who attacked you? Oh, there's a resemblance, Sam. Come, Jordan, this is no time to evade. It looks the same. What else can I tell you? But you are sure, Miss Trana? There is no mistaking. He is you, liar. What does the coroner say? He has yet to make his examination, Jordan. Why? To find out how long the man's been dead. Does that matter so much? Oh, 
Say for two days. That would mean your lies, not the one who came after me in my cafe last night. Mm. The coroner will be here soon. Tell him to hurry it up, huh? Captain Sabaya, may we go now? At once, Miss Chana. Sam, hold it a second. Jordan, come along. I stepped back to have one more look, this time at Uliah's eyes. They were brown, just like you'd expect them to be. But now, things weren't wrong anymore. I bowed out as quick as I could, got to my car, and was back in the merry-go-round. Only this time, it had an ending. Right back at the White House on the Nile. Emin Bey is not here. That suits me just fine, Clevel. You're the one I want to see. And why me? Only the secretary of the Bay. Keep it up, Clevel. You get big, innocent blue eyes. I got a real good look at them last night. You talk about eyes, but you do not make sense. It took a long time to register. The color of your eyes was the one thing you couldn't change. Sure, you had the bill to match your liars. All the rest you thought you had to do was put on a black burnoose, a robe, and a phony beard. I failed to follow you. It figures now why you didn't kill me. You were there only to make me and the police believe that your liar was alive and in Cairo. And what would I know of your liar? I can tell you about him. He's dead. And he's been dead ever since you shot him and the two pilots out in the desert. You dare to suggest... Oh, yes, Clevel. Anyhow, an Arab doesn't fight with his hands like you tried to in my tambourine. They like the knife. That is hardly a poop. All right, then try this. Your consulate tells me you've got quite a police record on the continent. Maybe Emmon Bay'd like to know that. Not poop enough. Well, let's get some more. Might be in your room. Jordan, you realize that you are breaking into this... Ah, save it. In here, Clevel. It won't take long. The first drawer never pays off. Maybe the second, Mr. huh? Mr. Jordan. Yeah, here we are. All the makings of a real black beard and the gum Arabic to stick it on with. I have warned you enough. All right, don't take that gun. Come on up. No, Jordan. Yeah, it's better. You're big, clever, but way too slow. Wait, Jordan, listen to me. Tell it to Sam Sapphire. Come on, let's go. No, no, please. It was not I. I did only as I was told. Only who's going to believe it? Perhaps I can but, convince you, Mr. Jordan. You mean me? So, Carl, it seems that you should have finished with Mr. Jordan at the beginning on the desert. Fortunately, it is not yet too late. In just a moment, Rocky Jordan returns to conclude tonight's story. What's your family up to these busy May weekends? Picnics? Gardening? Golf? Well, whatever it is, if the refreshments are up to you, I hope there's plenty of frosty, cool Del Monte pineapple juice in your refrigerator. Now, there's a drink that makes it a pleasure to be thirsty. I'll second that, Larry. Del Monte pineapple juice is so refreshing, and it's good for the whole family, too. Yes, there's something that appeals to everybody about the tantalizing flavor of Del Monte pineapple juice, and I'll tell you why. Del Monte has developed its own special strains of pineapple, rich, tender, golden fruit. Del Monte picks and packs these fine pineapples fully ripe when tartness and sweetness are in just right balance. And there you have it, the sunny, refreshing flavor you find in all five styles of Del Monte pineapple. Sliced, crushed, chunks, tidbits, or juice. In other words, it's just the pineapple you'd expect from Del Monte. Simply delicious. So keep a good supply of that refreshing Del Monte pineapple juice handy for the thirsty folks at your house. Why not buy several cans tomorrow? Back now to Rocky Jordan for the conclusion of tonight's story. 
I thought I had it all. The whole answer to the stolen ivory of the Memlukes, with Emil Bay's big blonde male secretary right in the middle. My idea now is to take him to Sabaya until Eamon Bay himself walked in and the gun he held canceled out mine. Give your gun to me, Mr. Jordan. Carefully. I will take it, Eamon Bay. No, Carl. Stay where you are. But I can dispose of him for you. I will take it. There. Thank you, Mr. Jordan. Don't mention it. <laughs> and now, Carl, I believe you are about to tell Mr. Jordan something. Eamon Bay, I, I was only marking time. I, I knew that you would soon return. Of course. But go ahead now. Tell him that it was I who gave the instructions. It was I who have deluded the simple Memlukes and taken their ivory hoard. Tell him. He doesn't have to. My hunch was right to begin with. <laughs> Mr. Jordan, ivory brings a very good price. There is still more of it in Dongola. I have only to keep it coming. And keep the Memlukes trusting you. Tell me now, Jordan, just before you die. Is it possible that you suggested what you know about Carl to the police? I don't know anybody else I'd tell. Then I must proceed from here with my plan alone. If poor Carl was such a good help. Amin Bay, you could not... Kill Jordan, but not me. But death has always been cheap to you, Carl. Face it bravely. Learn now what it is like. Carl Clever watched the gun, not knowing which of us was first. As it wavered toward me, Carl lunged, but he was slow again. Those shots caught him moving in. He reeled back against me. I shoved him right at Eamon Bay, and as he slumped, I was moving. Another shot clipped my ear, and I was inside the line of fire and working him over. And that was all for Eamon Bay. Shall I hold your coffee, uh, Jordan? No, not this time, Sam. Thanks. What does Simon Bay have to say? Oh, give him time. He will tell us where the ivory is hidden and the many details of his activities. Well, we can make a guess. He found out somehow about the ivory hoard the Memlukes had hidden near Dongola. So he used his name, that of a Memluk hero, to gain their confidence. Uh, the tale of how the Emin Bay of history leaped his horse over the citadel wall to freedom is considered nothing but legend. But do continue. Well, anyhow, with Carl Clevel as his front, he bribed the pilot to fake the engine trouble on the plane to fool Uliah, who was on board. After he landed at a given spot, Carl and his helpers killed everyone on board. They got Uliah's body away to keep everyone thinking he was still alive. And the fabulous man in black with the machine gun? Clevel. He spotted us coming up to the plane and put on Uliah's robes for disguise. Hmm. The design of Emin Bay. A man with great plans, but of little heart. Rest assured, the ivory will be returned to its rightful owners. What about the Memluks coming back to Egypt, Sam? Mm, future history which we cannot foretell. Well, there's still Trana. You'll want to tell her. Indeed, I will, Jordan. Incidentally, she's a most charming lady. Hmm. Yeah, she is. Come to think of it, Sam, uh, telling her this time is my turn. For superb flavor, for dependable quality always, enjoy Del Monte fruits and vegetables. Remember, buy wisely. Buy for flavor. Buy Del Monte. The brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods.
Rocky Jordan, written by Larry Roman and Gomer Cool, stars Jack Moyles in the title role with Jay Novello as Sam Sabaya and is produced and directed by Cliff Howell with original music composed and conducted by Richard Arunt. Remember you have a date next week at the Cafe Tambourine run by Rocky Jordan. Same time, same station. And the story is Congo Copper. For a real experience in corn enjoyment, try Del Monte vacuum-packed golden whole kernel corn. Plump, very thin-skinned kernels crammed with rich country flavor. You'll say Del Monte is the sweetest, tenderest corn you've ever tasted. And it's thrifty, too. Larry Thor speaking. Rocky Jordan is presented over CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.